game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. I'm just leave it up there. He couldn't make that if he tried that again. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore, and I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. I'm joined by Raheem Palmer, professional better, big money maker, having himself a, quite a role after a, a quiet winter. He's emerged after the new year like a phoenix and is burning up everything in his path. He's hot. He's here to tell you about it. Raheem, what's good? He had a great NFL weekend. It's time for the NBA, though. I'm really excited. All right, this is a Wednesday workshop. Every Tuesday at 7 o'clock Eastern, we get the lines a little bit early, thanks to the very good odds makers at WinBet, who are kind enough to actually post lines early so we can get ahead of these discussions. Uh, check out WinBet for sure. Um, and then we break it down in detail. And this is not just a show about best bets. It's a show about process. We dig into why Raheem is on what sides. We compare our models, all that type of stuff. Lots to get to. Lots of a good slate on Wednesday. Lots of back-to-backs, but a good slate on Wednesday we're going to break it down. A reminder that you need to hit us up with those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Get us a subscribe and a rate on Spotify. And get us a, a subscribe and a like on YouTube. If you leave a comment on the YouTube channel for one of our live workshops, we do them at 7 o'clock Eastern, Tuesday and Wednesday for the following day slate. Leave a comment with your Twitter handle. I am giving away a free copy of both Chris Herring's new book and Seth Partnow's new book. So if you like hoops, like reading about hoops, you like the Knicks, make sure to leave a comment over on YouTube and leave a five-star review on Apple. All right, Raheem, let's get into it. What's your first bet for the night? First bet of the night is the Memphis Grizzlies minus two and a half. Look, one of the biggest factors when it comes to NBA handicap, and we say this all the time, is motivation and rest. And the Grizzlies are coming off a 104-91 loss to the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday night. They had two days off. And they're facing a Spurs team, which is not only playing a back-to-back after the game against Houston Rockets, but they're playing a third game of four nights after their 115-109 loss to the Philadelphia 76ers. So you got a rested team going up against a tired team. And then also the Grizzlies are getting Desmond Bain back for this matchup. Bain is a huge loss. He's averaging 17.7 points per game on 42% from behind the arc. So along with Bain and Dylan Brooks and Kyle Anderson, they were pretty shorthanded. Bain is a huge impact. They're scoring four points per one of possessions better with him on the floor on offense. To me, when you look at these two teams, these are two teams in two different directions. So I like the Grizzlies. Okay. All right. I got some thoughts on this one. First off, uh, Bain just exited protocols on Tuesday. So he's listed questionable for tomorrow. The standard has been this season that they that they are removed from health and safety protocols. They're cleared. They're upgraded to questionable. Usually, when we get a questionable designation the day the day before as an upgrade, if they're not downgraded to questionable, if they're upgraded to questionable, usually they play. Health and safety's been a little bit different. I think you got to wait here and see whether or not Bain plays because they have been doing the thing of you know what, we're going to keep him out for conditioning, give him another couple of days, get him back up to speed with the team, and then play him. So I want to ask you first, do you think this number is with Bain? Okay, because it's right now, uh, it's Grizzlies minus two and a half at the Spurs. Do you think this number is with or without Bain? And if Bain does not play, how do you think it moves? Seeing some two and a half, I think there's some threes in the market. So I, I think it's with Bain. I mean, obviously, 
if he doesn't play, maybe it'll move down a little bit. But I'm going to be honest with you. I still like it regardless, just because okay. I think there's some advantages the Grizzlies have. One of the most notable ones is the Spurs are the fifth worst defensive rebounding team in the league, grabbing just 27% of opponent misses, while the Grizzlies are the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. They're grabbing 31% of their own misses. So you look at the back-to-back, the three and four nights, this Grizzlies team could possibly outwork them. And, you know, Adams is a real problem in this matchup. All right, a couple things. And we're going to talk about this a lot today. So I got, I got to drop this on you. So the Spurs are playing the Rockets as we record this on Tuesday. You'll know the results as bef- before, uh, <laughs> like we don't know yet. So you're going to have to factor this in, listener. Uh, all right. I found this trend because I've been noticing it. What got me started on it was the Mavericks thumping Memphis on the second night of a back-to-back after the Grizzlies got an exciting kind of thrilling home win versus the Wolves. Like it was a closer game than expected. They barely got out of there and then they turn around 24 hours later and the Mavericks just like outlast them in the fourth quarter. The Mavericks just broke it open. Okay. So I found this trend, which is relatively nuts. Um, When we look at this season, if we look at historically teams that win by six points or less, but they win on the first night of the back-to-back and then they play on that back-to-back, Uh, they are 49% against the spread. So no edge there. That's historically throughout from 2003 on. Okay. 49% is not going to get us any sort of EV. This season with the messed up schedule and all the COVID stuff and everything else, after two years of these weird schedules, teams are eight, 23 and two for 26% against the spread after they win by six points or less. And if you're wondering, like, why does that matter? The idea I, I was basically, all right, you got two possessions. It was a close game late. You managed to salt it away, but you basically just got out with a win. I want to know what San Antonio does tonight. And I want to ask you this. If San Antonio loses to Houston on Tuesday, does that change your capital? No, because I think it'll change my cap if Houston's blowing them out by 30 and they sit a bunch of guys. But if this is a close game and they end up losing, no, I, I still like the Grizzlies. Okay. I've got a little bit of an edge here on San Antonio because my, my model, really, we talked about this last week. My mm-hmm. model really does not like the Grizzlies because of how bad they are in half court stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I've got this, I've got this Spurs just plus 1.8. If this gets mm-hmm. higher, I'll say this. If Bain plays and this gets up to four ish, I might wind up taking San Antonio, but the back to back thing does scare the crap out of me. I'm going to try and stay away from it. Um, yeah. I like to think on some more. You make a pretty good case. The rebounding thing, I think, is a pretty big edge. And San Antonio's defense has been suspect. And I feel like Memphis is able to tear it up versus any defense suspect. But Memphis hasn't been as good versus the bad teams as they have been versus the good. I'm going to have to think about this one some more. And, and you can follow where we wind up on it in the Action Network app, which you can follow for Raheem and I's picks. All right, Raheem, what's your second best bet for Wednesday? My second best bet is I'm going to go under 210. And the Los Angeles Clippers Orlando Magic game. You're looking at two teams who really aren't great offensively. I know I pile on the Clippers offense all the time, but <laughs> like when you look at them, they just can't score. And the Magic can't score either. The Magic are 28th in offensive rating. The Clippers are 27th. When you look at these two teams, they're not very fast-paced teams. The Magic are 15th in offense and pace. The Clippers are 16th. When you look at the offensive length of possession, the Magic are 15. The Clippers are 17. So you're going to get a slower pace game. 
You're going to get two offenses that really aren't good. The only thing that's scary about it is the magic. They can't stop anybody. But the Clippers have proven that even against bad defenses, they really can't score. And then you got the Clippers playing on a back-to-back anyway. So I just think this is this total is way too high. I make it 206. They have it 210, so I'm going under. I've got it 212 for the full season numbers, but I don't know how to account for what Paul George is worth of the spread. Right? Like, I don't know what that's worth. The other thing I think is notable is Marcus Morris, uh, I believe, is out for this game as well. So... That's going to be, I think, significant. Uh, a little bit of news here. The Clippers ha- are at least interested in discussing. They're open to conversations involving Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Morris, and Serge Ibaka, per sources, uh, Teleaction Network. So, you know, they're, I think that team is in a transitionary phase. I think they're, they're, they're trying to figure out where they're going now. That might not wind up coming to fruition. Um, they like Reggie Jackson quite a bit, but they are, I think, shopping for a point guard. So that's something to kind of keep in mind as you watch them. You know, I do have this... I've got it slightly to the over in part because uh, Orlando's transition defense is so bad. Like I've got, I've got the magic. I've got the Clippers here with 20 fast break points. And that's going to, that's a pretty big edge there. I feel like what's the pace on these two games on these two teams. Do you have it off the top of your head off the top? Yeah, I do. The, the magic are 98.3. That's 15. The Clippers are 98.1 at 16. Okay. Um, but how do you have the Clippers with 20 transition points? And they're dead last in transition offense. Uh, because the Magic's defense is so bad. Like, that's how it generates <laughs> it, right? Is like, I know I've talked about wow. this as like, a, as like a model issue. Is like, this is one of the problems I've got to kind of adjust for um, as I go along. Mm-hmm. This is definitely like a test, right? Um, is they wind up, the Clippers wind up getting a bump here because it basically says, like, yeah, the Clippers are bad in transition, but the Magic are so bad defensively, surely they'll be better. And, that, and that's not often the case. So that's a fair point uh, to bring up on that edge. I've only got a two point edge in half court. Um, I, I want to kind of see where this line goes too. What do you have the spread at for this game? Cause it's a pick them right now. I have this at Clippers minus five, which is completely wrong. <laughs> so but PG's it just probably three, respectful. right? PG's probably yeah, three. And just, I, I, like I, half point. Yeah. But I just think it doesn't have any respect for the magic's offense. And I think that's where it, it has. A, it doesn't have any respect for the magic offense. But a lot of this is the Clippers defense. And I like the Clippers though here. I feel like I don't think that team is that bad. Like I think they have I don't I don't either. They have droughts, right? So I feel like it, with a pick 'em, I think it might be on the Clippers. I think I'm, I think I might play the, the side on this and just play and take the Clippers. Another one of those spots where the Clippers are on a back to back. Right. Damn it. The Clippers are on a back to back and three and four nights. Yeah, it's a three and four. There are three games with a rest advantage the Hawks, the Grizzlies, and the Magic. Yeah, I don't know what to do with the Hawks. I have no idea what to do with the Hawks right now. No clue. None. I have no idea what to do with Atlanta right now. And then DeAndre Hunter is supposed to be out tomorrow. Oh, no. (laughs) It's going to be a mess. Um, All right, those are Raheem's two best bets. Before we get to mine, I do want to ask you some things about last week. So last week, I want to go over our slate. We had Wizards. This was an interesting one. We found a Wizards plus one on the show versus the Nets. The Nets won by one. I took Wizards money line and cried a lot. That was painful. The Wizards started off so terribly, dug themselves all the way back. We had the cover and then they just barely lose. I feel like the cap was right on it just because the Wizards played so so far below expectation and they still wound up covering the one. Did you get did you get the the one on it or did you have Wizards money? I was a little bit too aggressive yep. and I 
I feel so stupid. But I, I do feel like the cap was right. It's just, like you said, they started off the game with six turnovers in the, like the first five minutes of the game. Yep. And they just kept turning the ball over. And the offense was there when they weren't turning the ball over. And also, LaMarcus Aldridge like, had his throwback performance where, I mean, look, if you would have told me LaMarcus Aldridge was going to put up 27 points on 11-15 shooting, maybe I don't take this game. But yeah. I don't think anybody could have expected that. You like Nuggets Clippers first half, the money line play. The Nuggets did win the game in overtime, and they did win the first quarter, but they did not win that first half because the yeah, we actually we, we got that parlay. Yeah, but the first half just didn't. The first half, away. no, because yeah. the, the Nuggets scored 18 points. It's weird that they're very good in the first half because they are so bad on the bench. And that bench has to last like that four minute stretch where Jokic isn't in because Jokic comes in about the eight minute mark of second quarter. And the Nuggets will literally just like they will have a scoreless period where they give up 15 points. It's so I, I should I should have been more. I'll, I'll take the loss on that one because I should have been more aggressive with you and been like, let's just take the first quarter. Like, just yeah, play the first quarter. The and the Nuggets to win the game, and we would have cashed, even though the Nuggets had to get it done in overtime. Um, the Jazz double-digit trend continued. We hit Rockets plus 15 and a half. Um, but more meaningful, I think, for like discussion of how to bet is the Wolves. I took the Wolves on the money line in uh, that night. They were on a third and four nights back-to-back. Like, that's another spot. And, like, I talked to you about it. I was like, I don't know what to do with the rest, right? Like, I don't know how to play this. But they wanted to lose in that game, um, and that was killer. I just, I, I got to start like this one thing I've just decided is where part of why I, I get suckered in on the rest stuff is the rest of statistically doesn't matter as much early in the season, like mm-hmm. October, November, and really kind of half of December. It doesn't matter. But now we're into January end of January. This is where I think this is the worst part of the back-to-backs because you don't right. like, you, not only do you have rest guys, you have guys out oh, period with rest, but you have a lot of, um, I just think that the, the fatigue really starts to hit them. The other thing I would say is a general kind of marker as we're betting these games. From now until the all-star break, things start to get a little wonky. It gets progressively worse because guys are, are distracted thinking about where they're going on vacation. Everybody's just trying to get to the all-star break. So it's that last two weeks of school before, before break. And you're like just trying to get there and you're not plugged in. Like that last week before all-star, I don't think I'm going to bet anything. Because I just get, I, that's a lie, I'm going to bet. But I'm going to try to bet very little because the motivational factor, I think, gets really uh, crazy out of whack. A couple of games I want to talk to you about for Wednesday before we get out of here. Um, a good one, I think, is the Raptors tonight. I have the Hornets versus the Raptors. No Fred Van Vliet, no Scotty Barnes tonight. Probable to play tomorrow. They're facing the Bulls. And the Bulls right now are two and a half point favorites, which I think is a little crazy. Even if DeMar is back and Levine is back, if the Raptors lose tonight, I think I'm going to be on Toronto tomorrow in Chicago as two and a half point dogs might get it higher. What do you think? I do like that. And I think a lot of that has to do with Chicago's front court. Like, I don't really, I mean, Vujicic isn't playing well right now. OG and Pascal can cause some problems for that Bulls team. Like the Bulls right now, they're just really shorthanded, missing Lonzo, missing Caruso. I think they're going to have to make a trade. Oklahoma City fought their way back on Monday night. So I do like that one, especially if the, if the Raptors lose tonight. But the Raptors are actually up right now. They're fighting pretty hard. They're up 16-11 in the first quarter. So 
let's hope my Hornets wear them out tonight. Uh, Jake Fisher did report, and I've heard this too, that the Bulls are one of the teams that's interested in Jeremy Grant, but they want to keep Patrick Williams. I think that's going to be a hard sell for um, Troy Weaver in Detroit. Uh, and then the other one I want to hit you, hit you up on is Suns Jazz. So these two teams played on Sunday. The Jazz played nobody. They rested all their starters. The Jazz hung in that game. And then I just want to note, I got that at seven and it closed 12 and a half. I got five and a half points of closing line value and the Suns still couldn't win by seven versus a Jazz team with literally nobody. I'm so angry at you, Suns. I talked on our podcast about how like the Suns are the best bet to win the West and like all these, there's so much value on that. And they let me down, Raheem. I hate those spots where everybody's out, like typical motivation spot, right? Now on, this is what's weird though. Okay. On this one on Wednesday, Gobert is going to be out calf strain. Mitchell is going to be out with a concussion for another game. So the two most important players for Utah are out, but Conley O'Neal Bogdanovich return. So this is moved to jazz plus five and a half. It's in Utah. Uh, I make this one. 5.7. 5.7. So I'm not getting a lot of edge there. That's on matchup. And I make it even closer on power rating, obviously. But if you factor, I think for Mitchell and Conley out or Mitchell and Gobert out, I think I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to lay the points again with the Suns. I'm mad at that. I mean, when you look at the last game, the, the Jazz were 14 to 31, 45% from three without their stars in Atlanta. Maybe they don't shoot that well again. And a big motivation spot. I mean, the Suns had 14 turnovers in that game, more than the Jazz. It just felt like they just didn't bring their A game. And I, I think you'll you'll likely see a better performance from the Suns. And I think that covers the five points. When you do look at the history of these teams since Chris Paul's been there, the Suns have had their number. They've won four in a row. And none of the games have been particularly close. So I do like laying the, the points with the Suns there. All right. So I'm going to, once again, it's time for every uh, week on the Wednesday workshop. I do try and talk Raheem into a money line parlay, which he never wants to take. Here's this one. And we're going to keep, and you can even throw the Grizzlies into this one if you want, Raheem, and make it a a three-teamer and probably uh, boost it up a little bit. But Mavericks facing the Blazers. I think the market has adjusted to Portland being not that bad. Okay. Because the Blazers are only three-point dogs in this spot. Um the Dallas Mavericks are in a three and four back to back, right? So we got that trend, but we're just taking the money line here. Okay. We're taking Dallas to get the win against the Portland team without Dame. And then the Suns to beat the jazz straight up. That's plus one forty-two. I like it. I can roll with it. One of the reasons why I can roll with it is just because I still don't believe in this Blazers team at all. They still can't defend outside of them holding the Celtics to two points in the last seven minutes on Friday night, I have no faith in them stopping this Mavericks team and the Mavericks can actually defend and then they play at a slower pace. So they're not running up and down the court. It's a little risky with them playing the, the Warriors tonight, but yeah. I, I like it. I think they get it done. I mean, so that's the play, right? Is like we wait and we see, we make sure that Luke is playing. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. We check the injury report. We make sure that they're, that the, that Luke is playing. Um, if we do add, by the way, if we, if we do Grizzlies, Mavericks, Suns here, plus 299 on win, you get three to one return on three teams 
with an advantage, except for the Mavericks who have a, have a rest disadvantage. I probably would add Miami Heat to that. Okay. Hero comes back playing the Knicks. I've got that game at Heat minus five. It's, what is it right now? It's six and a half. I've actually got a little bit lower on matchup. I've got it four, but I still have them favored in both situations. Okay. If we do a four team or it's 458, I tell you what, let's do the round robin. That allows for one of them to miss. So if somebody screws up, we could do that. We'll do a three team or three team around Robin 14. There we go. Yeah. I can live with that. Okay. Are you going to bet it with me? Huh? Huh? Yeah. I'll bet it. Yes. Yes. I'll I'll throw something on it. All right. There we go. Got Raheem in on our round robin. All right, let's gotta wrap it up for the Wednesday workshop. We're back tomorrow on Wednesday night, seven o'clock Eastern on YouTube, the Action Network YouTube channel. You can find it on Twitter. We'll, we'll promote it. Uh, it's me, Raheem, and Joe Delara breaking down the Thursday slate. We'll have that for you on Wednesday night. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe to the YouTube channel on Action Network. Give us a like, smash that like button. And we will see you guys again next time on Buckets.